in that meeting, I shit you not, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start my own firm. I'm done. Wow. You said that in the meeting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love and that. Like, it's so bold. I, I love said, I'm it. I'm not gonna fight this anymore. Like, I know what you guys need to do to be successful. Curated, a designer podcast. I okay. am Haley Wright, and I'm a local sales rep in the Raleigh-Durham area. And I'm Ann Bradley, interior designer in Raleigh, North Carolina, and we are thrilled to bring you our second podcast, and the title is Boss Ladies, and we have the pleasure of speaking to three boss ladies, and today we're speaking to Anna Lynch. She is CEO of Lynch Mikens, and I've known Anna a long time and have just seen her grow in this industry and just really in my opinion as a I mean you've been such a role model and I'm really not just saying that because you're here I do believe that I feel like you have done things for women that a lot of people have not and you're an you're an engineer and what you've done is just just I just think I just think it's really great so thank you I mean I'm excited to be here and share my story so thank you okay so we're gonna learn a lot about Anna today so we're gonna start with some icebreakers so what did you have for breakfast I don't eat breakfast (gasps) I don't either I don't either (laughs) (laughs) I am a bit I'm I'm a big faster. So I fast like 15 hours a day, every day, except for on the weekends. What does Um, that look like? What's the schedule that you follow? So I stop eating probably around seven or eight at night. um, And then I don't consume any calories until about noon the next day. Okay. Like two. Well, let me ask you, is it because just, are you built that way or is this diet specific? Cause I hate, like, I've never eaten breakfast. My entire life. I've never been a breakfast person. I'm just, I don't wake up hungry. Same. Yeah. Um, I actually do it for inflammation reasons. Okay. Um, I am a health nut and I believe fasting, allowing your liver to regenerate and, uh, during those hours, it helps with inflammation, not only in your body with general pain, but also with your brain capacity. And it allows you not to have brain fog. So I think very clearly and very quickly oh, when wow. I have fasting time. So yeah. how long have you been doing that? Um, it's been about, I would say 10 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's something to think about. Cause I'll, I mean, <laughs> I'll eat well, Jason, he's the worst. We eat like at eight o'clock at night and he's like a twig, but I don't eat again until probably lunchtime the next day. But I have something to think. Well, that, yeah, that's the problem is like, I feel like I naturally don't get hungry till lunchtime, but I'm the type that's going to chill on my glass of wine until like 11 o'clock at night. So it's like, that's the only part I'd have to give up is just the wine switch to water. But do you have coffee in the morning? Like before I do black coffee. So I don't put anything in my body that my liver has to process. So I won't even take like vitamins, no lemon in my water, just straight up water or black coffee. Wow. The idea is that your liver, you know, fatty liver disease is a big thing in the U S nowadays. And so your body, if you eat carbs and sugar all the time, which is normal in the U S it's your liver is constantly working so hard because of all the sugar it's processing. So when you give it that 15 hours for it to, it's like, wait, I don't have anything to process. 
And it's like, well, let me actually use the fat on the liver to survive through those 15 hours. So it helps we kind of regenerate your liver. Wow. This sounds like we could have a whole nother episode. I mean, I'm (laughs) thinking like, I need to look into this shit. Oh my God. Wow. I want that. Well, that's, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. So interesting. Okay. Well, um, another icebreaker question is, did you, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were little? Did you have a dream about being a structural engineer? (laughs) Um, Funny question. Yeah. So my parents are from the restaurant industry. My mom is a professional waitress. My dad ran a local pizza hut. And so I grew up in restaurants and I absolutely did not want to work in a restaurant. Um, and so back in the day, you know, I had to do a paper and they're like, well, you go to the library and you look up, you know, what you want to be and you read yeah. about it. And I, I, the first thing I did was look up who made the most money and it was an engineer, lawyer, or doctor. And I'm like, okay, so stability is what I was thinking. Cause my parents, the, there wasn't a lot of financial stability. And yeah. so I picked my career based on financial stability and engineering um, a lot of my teachers growing up told me I should be an engineer because I was very good at math. So I was always one or two grades ahead of all my peers in wow. math and science. Um, and then in, in seventh and eighth grade middle school, everyone, all the women were taking home ec and I had absolutely no interest in home ec. Yeah. And I was like, I wanted to be, to learn how to do the writing, um, the handwriting the architects did back in the day. Yeah. I, I am a creative person in general. And I always thought it would be really cool to have really good handwriting. So I took drafting class on the industrial arts side. And then I just became obsessed with industrial arts. So I was taking electricity classes and I was learning <laughs> how to build robots. And I was the only young woman in those classes. And everyone's like, you're not going to learn how to sew or cook. Like you need to learn how to do those things. And I was like, nah, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to learn <laughs> I don't that. those. And so in eighth grade, we had a competition in one of the industrial arts class I was in, and it was to build a balsa wood bridge that was about a foot long Mm -hmm. and who could hold the most weight. And so I took it very seriously. I did a ton of research. I did calculations, all this stuff. And I built this very secret bridge and it still to this day holds the most weight of anyone that's gone through the school that I went to in Iowa. Wow. Oh my God. That's so great. That's a great my, story. Yeah. My teacher was like, you should be a structural engineer. And I said, what is that? <laughs> and I interned for an architecture firm in high school. So I actually presented an idea to the principal and I was like, Hey, can I not take these home ec classes if I intern at an architecture firm? And I got the architecture firm to let me work for free and all this. And I worked it all out. So I was interning for this architect because I thought I wanted to be an architect or a structural engineer because I like the creative side too. And it's so funny because this guy would come to every meeting and he would have this really nice Maserati, right? And it's very odd in Iowa to have a very nice car. There's, you can't drive that car more than one month a year, right? He drove it. And finally I was like, who is this guy that keeps coming with this really nice car? Because I'm really into cars also. And they're like, that's the structural engineer. I'm like, but you drive a Camry. You're the architect. <laughs> Watch decision, girl. And I'm like, clicked. Hmm, let's see here. So that's when I found out there was a degree called architectural engineering. So you learn everything about the building. So I actually learned how to design MEP, how to do the architecture, how to do geotech and structural. So that's the degree I ended up getting. Okay. I guess I didn't know that. That's, that's, that's a great story. Yeah. 
That's amazing. So from <laughs> a very young age, you wanted to do this. I don't think we were expecting that answer. No. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's great. <laughs> Impressive. Okay. So what's even more important than that yes. would be heels or flats? So I wear both a lot, actually. Um, I get up every day and just think about how I want to feel that day and what I wear, how much energy I put into how I look that day really is to make me feel amazing every day. So what that is changes every day. So people call me a chameleon because I'm never wearing the same thing. My hair never looks the same. Sometimes I have makeup on, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm in stilettos. Sometimes I'm in tennis shoes. Oh, that's a very real, yeah. That's a very real thing, I think. And I don't want to think about who I'm seeing or what I'm doing either. It's just like, how do I feel? And it makes you look inward and not outward. And looking inward and and focusing on that gives you more confidence that people will see once you do meet with whoever you meet with. That's right. Yeah, regardless of what you're wearing. Interesting. So did the pandemic change that spending more time at home in comfy clothes like everyone else? Or you were like, I'm wearing heels around the house today. Wow. That's amazing. Honestly, I probably was one of the only people that dressed up every day (laughs) because I mean, it was hard. I mean, as a business owner during a pandemic, I was scared shitless. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I had to feel good and confident every day. Yeah. So I refused to put on some pajamas and sit in depression. That just did not, it wasn't a choice. Did I want to do it sometimes? Yes. Yeah. I didn't do that either because for me, I need structure in my life and getting up every morning and showering and putting on makeup and putting on my boots with heels every or whatever it was. I just needed that structure to, to feel normal. So exactly. Yeah. It's all about routines. I think a lot of people learned that we, our sanity is based on routines. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. So hashtag, (laughs) if you were a hashtag, this one's kind of silly. What would you be? My hashtag is get out of my way. Ooh, love it. Hashtag get out of my way. I love that. Story of my life. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a very strategic risk taker. That's what people call me. And, um, I take a lot of risk and they, people say you have no fear or you're so lucky. And I'm like, no, it's just, I say, I hear you. I appreciate your opinion, but get the hell out of my way. Look where I got you. I know. Right. That's great. (laughs) That's, that's wonderful. What do people not know about you? Is there something that, I mean, it could be personal. It could be professional. It could be anything. Oh gosh. I think you guys actually heard a little bit about it already. I am very, very passionate about health and wellness. Yeah. I could talk about it for days and hours. I do research on it. I've done everything. I've, I've been a vegan. I've been a hundred percent raw diet. I have done paleo, keto, weight watchers. I have done every type of workout. I am, I'm obsessed with everything you put in your body and on your body and the environment you put your body in, um, really influences the capacity that you have as a human. Yeah. Um, and so I spend a lot of time re- researching that and helping and coaching other people on it. I'm very passionate about it. Um, epigenetics is something that not a lot of people know about. It is basically the science of controlling your gene expression. So you can't okay. change your DNA, DNA but you can change the expression of your genes and epigenetics is the science behind that. And Mm -hmm. what that 
what that is, is what you put in your body, what you put on your body. Like I said, the amount of stress you have, the, how much sleep you have, all of the balance of all of that actually controls how you look and how you feel. And I feel like that's been lost in our society. You know, people are trying to feed the negativity or, yeah. oh, I'm stressed. Let me drink wine. Oh, I, you know, my, my, you know, it's, it's almost like a control thing, you know, but it's also just trying to be the best that I can be all the time. And if I have that number one goal, then it helps me turn down the things that make me feel like shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cause a lot of them do make you feel like shit. So yeah. what, what kind of diet are you on? I know you talked a little bit about fasting, yeah. but are you on like a specific one right now or just no, no, I've done it all. So now I know what my body needs and I believe yeah. everyone's body has a different need. Um, I basically eat grass fed beef, free range chicken mm-hmm. and vegetables. Yeah. And I eat the same thing every day, every day and have <laughs> been for about 14 years. Wow. Yeah. And it's funny because epigenetics, you can also change the way you look. So if you, I went to my 20 year high school reunion, mm-hmm. no one knew who I was because oh, I looked wow. completely different. Oh my God. I have to see a picture. <laughs> know. It's to look like. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's really odd. Cause even just like when I started going out in the industry and meeting people, you know, 18 years ago to what I look like today, it's really quite entertaining. Cause I don't look like the same person. So is your genes, like your parents' genes on the bigger side and because of the way you eat and your diet has changed that? Yes. Wow. So, um, you ever heard of the golden ratio? No. It's like the, it's like the perfect ratio. And when people see the perfect ratio, it's almost like it attracts them to it. And it can be like the way you design a building or your face or whatever it is. So your body is trying to be the golden ratio all the time. So it's morphing the the healthier you, the healthier you are and the better you treat your body, it kind of goes towards the golden ratio. So like my face has changed my face shape, everything. So I could talk about this for days. I think we need a separate episode just on this. I I find it fascinating. I'm very fascinated. There's so much information. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's something that people don't know about me. Um, it's, I wait for someone to ask me a question, but I don't want to be the person that's like throwing it down people's throats, but what about um, exercise? How does that play a part in? Yeah. So I shattered my ankle and broke my leg and almost got my leg amputated when I was 16. Um, so that feeds into this also. Oh, Anna, God, I wasn't going to walk after the age of 30. (gasps) And so I'm 40 now. And so I changed my entire life when they told me I couldn't walk at 30. So when I was 16, I went into like a depression, went to college, gained the freshman 15, you know, just treated my body like a piece of shit, moved to Raleigh and decided, okay, I feel like shit. I'm not going to be able to walk if I keep treating myself this way. And I just changed everything. And I have no ankle pain. I've changed the amount of cartilage in my ankle. Like my ankle doctor is like shocked. He's almost, I'm almost like an experiment at this point. Um, so that really, really started the change in my health, but with working out because I have a bad ankle, they told me I can't run anymore. So I used to be a runner, so I don't run anymore. Um, so I'm actually like a heavy lifter. I love lifting. 
I do private Pilates twice a week. I believe your core uh, uh, too. is mm-hmm. very connected to everything. Yeah. You got to have a core. Otherwise you're going to do everything else wrong and you're going to throw everything off and everything yeah. you're doing is actually hurting your body. So uh, Pilates is first number one, I'd say, and then everything else after that. So huh. I'm, you know, get 10,000 steps a day, move a lot. Yeah. I think that's stand up desk for everyone. Ugh. I'm going to go around and push the button for them. I'm like, Hey, you've been sitting all day. <laughs> get your mess like, up. Ah. <laughs> that's great. I saw that you like dancing. Yes. Yes. Before COVID I would salsa dance twice a week. Actually, oh, that's I, fun. I was on the ballroom dance team at NC state when I was getting my master's there. So I was competitively dancing across the U S which was really cool. Um, and so ballroom dancing is like very, it makes me so happy and it's Aww. such an old person thing to do. And so <laughs> I've been going to the Elks Lodge. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, every Sunday for 10 years, I have so many boyfriends that are over the age of 70. You have no oh, I bet. Okay. <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. So I miss them immensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to go back. But I then, bet they miss you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So ballroom dance every Sunday. And then I'd salsa dance a couple nights a week. So I love partner dancing. I feel like I love it because I'm not in control. Most of my life I'm in control and making a lot of the decisions. Yeah. And so partner dancing, when you're the woman, you're not in control. Mm-hmm. It's like freedom to me. Oh, that's that's awesome. I get that. Yeah. I took a salsa class and I had the opposite experience where I felt like <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Joe, but basically my husband's not a dancer. So I was like, I wanted to control the situation. I'm like, I need to be the guy in this. So it was a disaster, but we'll get back to that <laughs> one day. It's not for everyone. It's okay. <laughs> well, what, what is a misconception of you? What do people think of you like that don't know you I think the biggest misconception is that I'm personally driven by success um I never wanted to be the CEO of anything ever um so I actually just I'm driven by helping people see the best that they can be um and I think that's what got me to where I am so it's not because I want to be at the top of every every list you know, the biggest, like best CEO in North Carolina, all that, it doesn't matter to me. That's not what drives me. What drives me is to be able to sit down with people and show them how awesome they are and actually train them to see it. Like I, everyone calls me, basically I'm, I'm a coach. I coach everyone I meet. That's what I love. So. Well, that makes a successful person. That's exactly what makes a successful person and a leader. Yeah. That's a perfect leader definition. Yeah. I don't really know what people think about me though, but I don't think I care. (laughs) Even better. Yeah. (laughs) Even better. Yeah. You're like, I haven't given it any thought. Yeah. I definitely think that's something that comes, or at least it was for me with age. Um, I think when I was younger, I really gave a shit what people thought. And now that I'm on the other side of 45, I'm like, I don't give a They don't. Yeah. I'm sure people are saying shit, but that's okay. Let them yeah. say what they want. Oh yeah. Say. They can say whatever they want. Yeah. Oh, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. <laughs> I just let it go. Yeah. You have to. So this one's kind of a heavy question. What does it mean to be a woman today? It's a biggie. Oh boy. There's so many ways I could answer that. Right. Um, I can really only 
speak to my experience and my perspective. You know, I've been in the industry for 18 years. And when I came into the industry, it was hard to be heard and hard to be bold. Yeah. Um, and I had to be really careful and very, very strategic. Now I feel like the excuse is gone. I feel like women now today can be bold and have opinions and express themselves and be heard. But yeah. women today have to make that choice to be bold and have that voice. Yeah. That's what I think it is to be a woman now. I mean, you have an opportunity to have a voice because people are hearing you now. Yes, I agree with that. Um, we can't blame other people for our lack of success anymore as women. I think people are listening and people are providing equality. So make a choice. Hmm. I, I like think that, that. I we too. have the opportunity to create our own reality now. Yeah. Yeah. I like the focus being on like, all right, enough about complaining about the past and how everything was unfair. Now we're in a different world and let's not take that for granted. And yeah. Yeah. Run with it. I mean, today, 2021 guys, we got to stop talking about being female, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I see so many women that are so intelligent and strategic and leaders and just strong with great ideas, but I see them not speaking up. And I'm like, stop doing that. Like have that voice. You have it. We're asking for it. Yeah. Um, so that confidence, you know, just go ahead and do it. Rip the bandaid off. I know it's, I mean, I hundred percent agree with you and it's, it's still, it's still hard and you're mm -hmm. right. You just have to do it. You just have to stand up and you just have to, because what you have to say is important yep. and probably more intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we actually have to trust ourselves and have confidence. That's you know? the thing. You have to trust yourself. And yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not naive to think that the, the more traditional thinking about women in the industry doesn't exist anymore at all. You know, but I think that women today just need to make that choice to see themselves as equal so that they, yeah. they just go ahead and do it, you know, because we actually know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, so we do. Someone to tell you that you know what you're doing before you have that voice. Yeah. I think, you know, personally speaking, you know, I think when you are surrounded by certain people or men and that, well, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm just not going to go. <laughs> Let's just, on that note, um, would you consider yourself a feminist? If your definition of feminism is advocating for equal rights for women, then yes. Okay. Yes. But I think that word is thrown around a lot. Um, I believe that the most talented, skilled, intelligent person, regardless of gender or race, will win. I consider myself a fan of talent, great ideas, and people who are authentic. So I see everyone as a human. Oh, and that's what I, I say that. every day at Lynch Mikan's. Everyone is a human. We don't have to identify ourselves anymore as something else so that we're all equal at the table. Okay. Yeah. So I absolutely love everyone that I work with, right? Because we see value in each other based on our humanity. Okay. So yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> That's a tough question because I, I actually run around telling everyone I'm not a feminist in general. But definition. People have different definition. definitions of it. And 
So I think you answered that perfectly because it's like, if this is your definition, then yes. Yes, that's, and yeah. I think that's what I think of when I think of a feminist Yeah, is advocating for, for us. So. I mean, honestly, we're, we are the largest women-owned structural engineering firm in the U.S. So guess who wants to work here? Women. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we are about 70% female wow. out of 55 employees. Yeah. So people see me as a feminist, but honestly, I feel like women are flocking to me, not because, not because of who I am, but because I'm a woman and we're yeah. women owned. I think it's actually because of our culture. Yeah. Because of, we see everyone as a human. So. In celebration of Women's History Month, this episode is being sponsored by a woman-owned company. Modish Jewels is a new online-based jewelry store where the jewelry is curated for the modern-ish woman, for who she wants to be today and who she feels like being tomorrow. Most pieces are hypoallergenic, gold-plated, and tarnish-free. For listeners of this podcast, you can get 25% off your order with the code CURATED25. Go to shopmodishjewels.com. That's shopmodish, M-O-D-I-S-H, jewels.com, and enter the promo code at checkout. Who would you like to have dinner with? Are we doing alive and dead? Yeah, I think alive and dead okay. or dead okay. or anyway. and. <laughs> okay, because the person I was going to say is alive, so. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if you guys listen to this pod. I'm obsessed with podcasts. So I love that I'm on a podcast. Oh, awesome. podcast. Good. Uh, the podcast, how I built this, yes. um, with Guy Ross. I love that podcast. It really sparks a lot of creative ideas for me on the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best story is Sarah Blackley with the Span- with Spanx. Mm. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. heard about it. I haven't listened yeah. to it, but I heard about I it. I would love to have dinner with her. I love crazy people that have crazy ideas that will literally do anything to make it happen with no <laughs> business background yeah. at all. <laughs> That's why I would love to have dinner with her. I feel That's like, a good one. yeah. So, well, if you ruled the world, what would you make a law? Oh man, this one's tough. So I, I think freedom of speech, I know it's in the constitution, um, but the cancel culture is out of control. I want, I really want to see a diversity in thoughts Mm -hmm. and it's okay. If we're not all the same, it's okay. You're in good company here, by the way. So just let it, let it flow. Yeah. (laughs) So I want true freedom of speech. I want people to not all have to be the same and have the same opinion and we can all cohabitate together and love each other and value our opinions. That's what I would like to see. But I would too. Yeah. I give like a speech every two weeks about this to everyone in the company to remind every ch- everyone that it's, we are a safe place where you can have an opinion. Yeah. And we're not going to judge each other based on each other's opinions. Can we learn from each other? Absolutely. So very passionate about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is, I mean, on that note, I mean, this podcast, I mean, the four of us, you know, wanted to create something, I mean, a platform for not only things like 
that, I mean, not just designer things, like we've got these cool designers out of Brooklyn next month, and we've got some really yeah. cool stuff, but it's also a platform for things like that. So, and that's why when we started it, we looked into maybe doing it with um, IDA, but then we were like, well, that's going to limit us. We can't talk about certain things. Right. And um, so yeah. anyway. And we try to keep it separate from our companies. You know, yeah. this is totally a passion project and not motivated by anything like that. So yeah. I think that allows us to say and think what we really want instead of being controlled by. Fear. I mean, yeah, that's why I, I never hired an HR person ever. That's interesting. Because I am a risk taker. You know, I'm very strategic in my risks. Right. That I take, but I don't want to know every risk before I make a decision. I go with my gut, right? And so when I do that, I tend to say a lot of things that people are like, holy shit, did she just say that? You know, and if I had an HR person saying, this are all the risks if you say that. I'm like, ooh, I don't know. But if I don't have someone doing that, I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> yeah, it's how but, you learn to trust yourself. Yeah, it's true, yeah. it's very true. But I, I spend a lot of time reading books on that topic. Um, you know, like coddling of the American mind, you know, learning about each generation and what motivates them, what fears they have and why they are who they are and how they react, how, why they're sensitive, all that stuff. It's, you need to know all of that with every generation to be able to really connect with people and see value in their opinions. So. Yeah. What, what was the name of that book? Did you Coddling of the American mind. Okay. My Amazon cart. I got to pull the trigger. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A designer actually recommended it to me or recommended it to everybody that followed her on Instagram. So I need to read it because this is the second time I've heard about it. Yes. I'm interested in that stuff too. So. so, all right. We kind of heard how you got where you were on like the younger side, but I yeah. guess take us, you know, you were at an internship in high school. Yeah. Take us from there. Okay. Um, so I'm from Iowa, didn't say that. I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I went to the University of Wyoming for architectural engineering because it was the cheapest engineering school in the US. Um, not because I love Wyoming, not because I love the outdoors, none of that, uh, which I do now. But, um, and I got my architectural engineering degree in four years. I had three jobs during school. So I was semi-genius because I worked in the computer lab I worked for an architect doing drafting in AutoCAD in the computer lab, and I did grading for statics and dynamics while I was in the computer lab. So I was making about $35 an hour doing wow. three at once. <laughs> That's smart for sure. That defines me in general right there. Um, so when I was about ready to graduate, I was like, well, I'm, I can either become an architect or I can be a structural engineer. And I was like, well, I, I'm thinking I'm going to try structural engineering first. So for spring break, my senior year, I flew into Charlotte, rented a car. Everyone else is going to Mexico. And I go door to door to every structural engineering firm that I wanted to work for. And this is back when Yahoo, you know, you were faxing resumes. And I was oh, like, I'm just going to fly out there and go door to door. So in Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina, and I, Dave Mikens, my business partner now, was running Stroud Pence's Raleigh office. And he was on my list. And I walked in with my resume and I'm like, Hey, I'm Anna Lynch and I would love to work with you. Do you have time for lunch? And he said, no, we're not hiring. He was about four people. 
And he's like, no, we're not hiring. And I was like, oh, I didn't say that you needed to hire me. I didn't even ask for an interview. I just, can I take you to lunch? I mean, you're gonna let me take you to lunch. I flew from Wyoming. Yeah. And he's like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go, we can go to lunch. So we go to lunch yeah. and we just had a great conversation and I really liked him a lot. I was like, he was super fun, really outgoing, just really good conversationalist. And, and he's like, well, actually, I think you should go up to our Virginia beach office and meet the owners of the firm, which was Ed Pence and Roger Stroud. And I was like, okay. So I got in my car drove up there. It was a three hour drive, interviewed with Roger Stroud, put my head down, was a structural engineer for about four years. Um, and then the economy tanked. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, the Raleigh office went from three to 12 people. And then all of a sudden, everyone's getting laid off. Was this an 08? Yeah, this is 08. Yeah. And everyone starts getting laid off. I just passed the SE exam and I finished my master's degree at night at NC State in 2009. So I was doing engineering like 15 hours a day. And all these, everyone was getting laid off. I'm like, why am I still here? Like, I'm the youngest. Like, what am I doing here? And they just kept laying off everyone else. Wow. And so then 2010, you know, we're down to four people in Raleigh and I'm like, how do we win work? What are we doing to win work? Like we, eventually this whole company is just going to go under. And Jeff Morrison was running our Raleigh office and he's like, well, I don't know. Typically clients would just come back to us because they like working with us. And I was like, that there's gotta be another way. Yeah. So I just went out and started being part of the community. I went to everything. I was at four events every night. That's probably when I met you and probably, and, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, I was Stroud Pence, everything. Hey, you should use Stroud Pence. Stroud, why should we use Stroud Pence? I have no idea. Just use us. Um, you know, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. And we started winning work. And in 2011, um, I was like, I went to Jeff Morrison and I said, Jeff, we're winning work. We're growing again. This was really exciting. He's like, I know. Thank you so much. And I said, well, I can't do your job for you any longer. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, this is your job. So I want to help train you on how to bring work in. I was like, we just need to work on some personal development growth. Your, e your emotional intelligence isn't high enough. And he's like eight years older than me. And he's like, <laughs> and I see Jen on This is amazing. And he's like, okay. I was like, do you have friends? Like, how do you make friends? Do you have hobbies? Like, what do you do for fun? There's gotta be something interesting about you. I've known you for five years. I have no idea. <laughs> And I was just like pulling teeth and we worked together and he was open to it. Like, he's such a great guy. And he's yeah. like, all right, if you want to help me with something I didn't know I need help with, let's do it. Like he has no ego at all. And so I coached him for about six months and, and I made him go out to things too. He was yeah. going to events and he was so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and in 2000, like late 2011, um, Dave Mikens and Ed Pence came down to Raleigh and they were giving Jeff a hard time about the office and growing and doing more. You need to do more, do more. And they came to me and I was like, you know, leadership isn't telling people what they should be doing and then leaving. I was like, you got to give them the tools to actually do what you want them to do. Train them. I'm trying to train them. Okay. I'm helping him. This is not my job. Right. Right. <laughs> and I, in, in that meeting, I shit you not. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own firm. I'm done. Wow. You said that in the meeting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> that. Like, it's so bold. I, I love said, I'm it. I'm not going to fight this anymore. Like, I know what you guys need to do to be successful. 
like I'm willing to coach people. I'm willing to hire the right people, you know? And they're like, hold on one second. Can you just give us like two hours? And I was like, okay. So I leave, they come back into my office and they're like, congratulations. You run the Raleigh office. Wow. And I was like, huh? And I was 28. I, I don't know. Like I was not qualified, no business degree, nothing. And, and I shit, you know, I was like, okay, okay, sure. I'll take it. And I said, well, I have a business plan. I have an idea for a business and they're giving me an opportunity right now to implement it here in the Raleigh office and learn everything I can about business for, and they're going to pay me. I'm like, right. Great. So I came up with this business plan, which is Lynch Mikan's now it's actually engineers um, that are right brain and left brain. And we train personal development and professional development equal. So we're not only investing in people's engineering ability, but their ability to look inward and have a high EQ. So I built, I wrote the business plan. I implemented it in the Raleigh office. Um, and I would go to the manager's meetings and I would sit there and I would say, you guys, we need to, this is what's working in Raleigh. And all the old white males are like, you know, doing that for five years, I was like, you know, I just need to use this opportunity to learn as much as I can, you know, and man, we blew it out of the water. I was like, this really works, but I was still fighting that battle. There was 13 owners at Stroud Pens. I was the youngest and the only female owner. Mm-hmm. And so I would sit at that table with these guys that had been there that were complacent, you know, they'd been there 20 plus years and they didn't want to change. Yeah. And I'm this person, the leader of change. That's what I do. I change everything all the time. And it was just exhausting. I made it five years. I promised myself five years, 2016 comes and I'm like, I'm sick of making everyone money. And for them to like, give me the F you and not want to learn from me was shitty. So, and I'd won a lot of really cool projects and I had to walk away. And so I came into work on a Friday, didn't tell my husband about it at all. I'm, I am just like, I'm done, you know? And Dave Mikens was in the office. He was the CEO and he was out of the Virginia beach office. And I go in and he's like, oh my God, you're saving the company. This is so amazing. I don't know what we'd do without you. (laughs) And he goes on and on. And I was like, oh, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) what? He's like, no, no, I was going to give you a raise. I was like, literally I'm not motivated by money. I was like, I'm trying so hard to help you guys. I have a vision and you just aren't listening. And I've tried so hard. I was like, I know you hear me, but you don't own the company. You know, he was one voice on that uh, out of the 13. And he was like, Oh shit. Right. That was a Friday. I walked out. I was like, all right, how my husband's a teacher. How are we going to get this going? You know, how much is credit? That's expensive. Uh, Dave Mikens called me on Sunday and he said, would you consider going into business with me? He's like, I am not going to work for anyone else. I am not going down with that company. I will do everything you don't want to do. You be 51% owner. You can fire me at any time. Wow. wow. I never knew that story. That, this story is like a movie. Wow. Oh, that uh, is we, something else. We go to Ed Pence and Roger Stroud about a week later. Um, and they, they had no idea what was coming. We sat down <laughs> and I said, Dave, I said, Dave, do not talk. I'm doing this because Ed Pence and I did not get along. And I was like, you know what, Ed? 
we quit. We're starting a firm. We're going to compete with you. He's like, you have non-competes. Yes. He's like, you have non-competes. So I was like, oh, here's my check. Dave, here's your, Dave's got his check. I was like, oh, no, we don't. And he was, his eyes were like this big. He's I like, bet they oh. were. And I was like, by the way, I'm really good at finances. And he's like, well, if you guys both leave, the whole company goes under and 32 people are not going to have jobs. So you might as well buy the whole company. And I was like, great, we'll make an offer. I got up and I walked out and Dave was like, oh, where? Where are you going? <laughs> Didn't even think about it, guys. Didn't even have the idea in my brain. Oh my God. I want to call this episode, Trust Your Gut. I feel like that's like your theme. You, yeah. No filter, but it works for you. Yeah. Holy crap. Better. Okay. Okay. So you said we're going to make an offer. And, yeah. Okay. So then I was like, how do you buy a company? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. So I, I literally got an MBA and like at night I was Googling everything. I went to Barnes and Noble and looked for a book, how to be a CEO. There is no book. I'm going to write it someday. Um, All right. And I was talking and luckily, and I was everywhere in the community. So I knew bankers, I knew CPAs and yep. lawyers because I see value in everyone. So I knew all these people. Yeah. So I started calling people. I'm like, what's book value? Like, what does that mean? And what value does an engineering firm have? And all this stuff. And I, in the end, I made an offer, which was totally low ball. If I told you guys the number, your blank brains would explode. Um, and they took it. They took, I was going to say, what did they take? <laughs> but this is the, this is the kicker because there was a lot of stipulations behind that offer. Cause I'd been putting up with a lot of shit for a long time. So I presented my business plan for Lynch Mikens to all 11 owners because Dave and I were owners. So there's 11 there. I said, this is who we're going to be. I'm literally changing everything. Stroud Pence worked for many years, 45 years, right? Yeah. It was a different but the time. way that we do business is different. Yeah. And I presented and I said, do not sell the company to me. If you are not 100% on the ship with this business idea because I will fire you. And we walked out and Dave was like, there is no way they're going to take this offer. There's no way they were in there for five hours. Oh my gosh. And they came out and one of the guys said, congratulations. You have the, we'll take it. Damn. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. I, <laughs> a business owner. <laughs> and with 32 employees, like I was ready to have one, yeah. you know, maybe, Oh my but God. I didn't realize how much, how big of a deal it was, honestly, because I just didn't know what it was to acquire a firm. I didn't know the cost, yeah. like typically would pay for an engineering firm, all this stuff. And the more I tell the story, people are like, that's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. And I'm like, yeah, a 45 year old company sold their company to me. I don't, I don't know. Um, that's a very long story, but that's. Oh my God. So that is inspiring. amazing and yeah. inspiring. I never knew that. and. I feel like the rest of my life is going to be different because of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I'm this is on a podcast that we can share with so many people, because I think that the it's inspiring how you so conduct inspiring. yourself and trust yourself. I think that's yeah. something we should all do more of. Yeah. And honestly, like Anne said, you know, just not caring what people think, you know what I mean? It's like, just, I was not worried about what people were going to think. Oh, she thinks she knows everything. Oh, she's so confident. Oh, you know, blah, blah. I was like, no, just, I'm going to go for it. And understanding your leverage, you know, I, I yeah. feel like sometimes you forget how, how valuable you are. Yeah. 
because people aren't telling you, but actually you shouldn't need people to tell you. <laughs> right. You but know. I think women do, I mean, we do that. I mean, yeah. self-deprecation, I mean, it's tough. Mm-hmm. So now we are, um, so when we bought, acquired the firm, we were 30, 30 people. Um, I think we have 10 left from Stroud Pence and we're 55 people now. So four years later, our four year anniversary is on Friday. Wow. Congratulations. I, yeah. I'm serious. That was, that was amazing. It really was. <laughs> Do you. you have any regrets, Anna? Um, I would say getting my master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> Getting my master's degree in engineering, I think that that was a waste of time. Um, I really gave up my late 20s to engineering. Okay. You know, people say, how'd you get here so quickly? Well, I was I was getting my master's degree, studying for the SE exam, and working full-time for about four years, from 25 to 29. And everyone else was on Glenwood South having a great time, right? Yeah. Um, so I wish I wouldn't have given up those, those great years and had a, a better time. You know, I was so serious yeah. about engineering, like just that balance of seriousness with some fun. Now, and now I'm really good at it now that I know, but I, that's what I regret. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't be here if I didn't. I know. So. I was going to say, it's, it's like, but you, but now you you're older and you have money and, you know, that's one thing I like about like, yeah. you know, just like. Yeah, she goes salsa dancing. I yeah. mean, you know, you've got I can fly to New Zealand for two weeks. You right, know? you can yeah. for yeah. you did that for your fortieth, right? Yeah, Is that where you went? Yeah, okay. no, fortieth. I went to Tulum. Okay, Tulum. I was okay. supposed okay. to go to the Maldives, but with COVID, it didn't allow. So, but wow. yeah, wow. So. You travel a lot. Yes, that's what I do to re re energize. Mm-hmm. I disappear for two weeks every three months. Oh, wow. That's yeah. so smart. Ugh. Yeah. I'm excited to be traveling again soon. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, he's like screaming at me. He's all emotionally screaming. He wadded up a piece of paper and threw it at me. And I just sat there and I was like, wow, I didn't know you would get this emotional about marketing materials. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were so passionate about it. Like, I would love to hear your opinion about it. And he was like, I didn't say I was passionate about marketing. And I was like, okay, do you just need to take a breath? Like, I feel like you're going to like have a heart attack. You need to just breathe. And I did not let my, I didn't let my emotions control or change based on his emotions. That's when I learned, wow, being rational and not letting your emotions and your gut, like do the wrong thing immediately. I always say to myself, Anna, wait 24 hours, whatever emotion you're having, don't react for 24 hours. It's a good idea. It Mm -hmm. helped immensely and the guy could not rile me I mean he wanted so bad for me to be angry and I was and I offered him a job at Lynch Mikan's I had to go to him and say by the way you now work for me in marketing (laughs) (laughs) so I think that's you know I didn't I learned really quickly that having a high EQ helps women deal with different personalities with the white male situation. So that's my advice to a lot of women is learn more about yourself so you can communicate in a way that they can hear you. Mm. I like that. That's, that's good. It's been amazing. I know I keep saying that, but I've just, this has just been 
so great. I'm so excited. Yeah, this was yeah. way better than expected. You have an excellent story. And it's you're just wonderful. Thank you. I mean, it's fun to tell too. It is, it is my life and it's been exciting and I'm excited where I've landed at this point in my career. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah. Like I am just a super achiever that's always looking for the next, next thing that I'm going to be passionate about. So Maybe I can talk to you guys again in five years when your podcast blows up. Oh, God. Hey, and we're going to hey. be back for a fasting nutrition episode. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Yeah, because you're love a wealth it. of knowledge in that too. Definitely. Um, and I thank you for sharing your inspiring story. I just, this has really been great. I just can't thank you enough. I mean it. And I think everyone is going to love to hear it. Thank, thank you, you so much. Me. I really appreciate it. Right, bye. 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 bye.